Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Two guys at a mic show. Beautiful Monday here with a fine city of Chicago. The coach and the big dog at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Hope you had a outstanding sports week. Oh, outstanding weekend, I should say. Sports and or otherwise. TalkZone.com. And again, the two guys at a mic show. We will recap the weekend in sports. We'll jump off the sports page as well. Lots going on here in the city, in the country. In other continents and on the planet, we will span the entire globe during the next 58 minutes and 12 seconds. Not really, but we'll give it a shot. A little bit of music, and then we'll kick this sucker off. Thank you very much. On the other side of the glass solo, Mr. David Olson, our producer. I was talking right before the show to our assistant producer, Randy Myers, who survived Boy Scout Weekend up at Camp Makajuan. Not only survived it, but he actually seemed to enjoy it. A nice little uh, outdoor uh, bonding between son and father. It's a beautiful thing. Boy Scout Weekend up at Camp Makajuan. If you've been up there I highly recommend you going again if you haven't. Give it a shot up in beautiful Wisconsin. All right, lots to talk about. I look up on the screen. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to get over the French Open from a week and a half ago. And who would have thunk it amongst the many things happening in the wonderful world of sports? We have Wimbledon. Wimbledon live from the Lawn and Tennis Club or wherever the hell they play it in beautiful uh, England. London, England. Wimbledon Tennis Tournament is going on. we got to talk about that. College World Series. U.S. Olympic qualifying and track and field and swimming. We still have a little residue. I think today is the parade for the Miami Heat. I'm not sure why they're waiting four days, but I think they've got the parade. We were off on Friday. We were off on Friday, and hopefully the big dog will be uh, joining us here. But I still have thoughts, a little bit of residue, seepage. Actually took notes, David Olson. You're very proud of me here. David gets mad at me sometimes because I come in. Well, you know, I have various notes here. Joel. What do we call it with Joel? It's reactionary sports talk radio every time he's not prepared. So, you know, it's, it's glass half full. You know, when you if you got lemons, you got to make lemonade. With Big Dog, we call it reactionary sports talk radio. But I got thoughts, few notes, residue from the uh, celebration in the finals and the interview afterwards and the uh, game itself as the Miami Heat won. We'll talk a little baseball, obviously. The All-Star game, not that far away. We're not there yet, but uh, simmering in kind of... of Loading into the, or moving into the dock, ready to saddle up for the halfway point of the baseball season. So, well, uh, hard to believe we're at that point, but, um, we're getting near there. We'll talk some baseball. Cubs continue to slide, but the savior is coming into town. White Sox with a big win yesterday. So lots to talk about. Our phone lines are open if you want to join us now. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. We're going to need Tuesday's show. Uh, in addition to capture all the stuff that happened over the weekend, no question about it. But uh, first, as I welcome in my good part of the big dog, big dog, we blew a primo, primo opportunity for this year, man. I totally forgot about it. the fact we were off Friday, hurt. But I went for the second consecutive year to the Pride Parade. Eight 
150,000 fans out there. The Chicago Cubs had a little walking contingent. And this year, man, I can only imagine the comments that this year, man, would have had. We missed the opportunity. Please mark it down for next year. How are you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I, I missed I missed an opportunity to make a freaking fortune yesterday too. Uh, I I was I was kind of sick yesterday. The best way I can tell you is uh, um, on on Saturday night I did two tours while I was dry heaving as I was kayaking. Go ahead. And whatever, we'll, we'll go. Let's get to the pride parade. I guess Did you have a good time, Coach. No, I was giving you the Gilligan's Island. You know. The, oh, I didn't know it was Gilligan Island. Yeah, but the, I had, uh, I was, uh, it was, you know, I get, never mind, I get back. I just felt horrible. I couldn't eat all day. Then I got to go kayak and give tours. People are like, that was the best tour I've ever seen. Blah, blah, blah. Two tours on Saturday got zero and tips. I'm so sick of what? cheap people. Seriously. Come on. I did a tour you... for 59 people. 59 people got zero tips. I wow. did a tour for three individual ladies. They each gave me a 20. I make sixty dollars off of three people. That's... I make zero off of fifty-nine. If you are a tourist, and I'm assuming a good portion of your folks are tourists, even if you're from the city of Chicago, you go on an event like that—a tour via kayak and with someone leading it—the greatest thing you've ever seen in the city of Chicago. Well, even if it's not the greatest thing, it's it's almost standard, you know, modus operandi that you give a tip to the tour yeah. director, the tour leader. It's the cheap ass you, you swoop and group on people. Uh, it's, oh, I'm getting a deal on it. I'm saving twenty five bucks. Yeah. So why should I give the tour guide an extra four dollars or five bucks? <laughs> That's what it is. You may have to hire the plant I, I, I again. I really can't care. I'm killing it this year. And and yesterday, I like honestly, I felt I, I was so weak from the day before for not eating for like thirty six hours. Mm-hmm. All I did was just chill out at East Bank Club all day long. My girlfriend's boyfriend went there and just chilled out because his, his, he has, he delivers for a Chinese restaurant on Halstead Street, coach. Mm-hmm. And they, they, everybody on Halstead Street shuts down. Like no Wait one would even, have, they know better. You can't get, you can't drive through that neighborhood. Wait on, a minute, hold on, because I, I'm keeping track of the various jobs. This might be number 97 now. Are you here to tell me that amongst your various employment opportunities over the years that I've known you, I can now add to the list delivery man for Chinese restaurant that I hear that correctly. You don't listen very well, do you? I'm, you know, no, my hearing is bad. I'm, I'm, I'm asking that because I want to make sure I heard it correctly. Well, my my girlfriend's brother is a delivery ah, man. Ah, okay. Sorry. And okay. they know not, and they just sell water outside. Okay. And they make more money on the gay pride parade selling water than they do on a, like a Friday night selling Chinese food. <laughs> no joke. That's oh. how busy the gay pride parade is. I'm telling you, Big Dog, you, we absolutely have to get you down there. I'll, whatever money you have to give up as a very proud and tried and true tour director for a the kayak rides at waterriders.com. On a Sunday, it'd be about 600 bucks, so I really can't pass that up. 600 Oof. Well, I may have to think about that. But somehow, some way, we got to get you out of there because, uh, first of all, it's just a great time. I mean, this is the second year. And aren't you proud of my 16-year-old son? You talk about fun. Now, Randy Myers, I said before you got on the air, Big Dog, did some bonding up at a Boy Scout camp this past weekend. With mm-hmm. his son, you know, a little weekend up at the Boy Scout camp. Very enjoyable experience, surprisingly enough. But what better way to bond than your teenage son? And I'm so proud of David for a lot of teenage kids. Well, first of all, wouldn't want to spend time with their dad. And second of all, wouldn't, you know, would twist and turn at the thought of going down to the, the Pride Parade. 
But he was all for it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We got a cultural experience. It was educational, big dog. And the only thing missing was you and your this year man outfit because I would love to walk the parade route with you wearing that outfit and just record some of the comments we'd get. Uh, Coach, quite honestly, I, I'm man enough and masculine enough to not care if somebody thought I was a homosexual by walking the gate. Doesn't pride matter. Parade. Yeah, the, the pride. You know what I mean, I really don't care. There's, there's, there's no, no. This year, man, is for this year, man, and that's yes. it. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's plenty of people that walk the parade route. Plenty of them. By the way, every freaking politician was out there with their entourage, but uh, plenty of people that are not. It's a celebration. Really? It, it, it really, really ma- any, it, it makes you name you... some politicians that were out there because I'll, I'll tell you whether or not they've actually been homophobic in their because uh, there's so many people on the south side that are Democrats that are the most homophobic politicians in the world. Rahm Emanuel, Pat Quinn leading the way. You had a Danny well, Solis. You had a Jan Schakowsky. You had a Maria Pappas. I don't know her. Her people must have got lost because everyone else had about 50 people, and then Maria Pappas had like two homeless people following her. Um, Barack Obama, even though Barack, Barack, <laughs> excuse me, was not there, had a huge, huge, um, you know, group of people in his parade route. And I will tell you, the youthful people that are out there and the gay population heavily, heavily in favor of Barack Obama. I'm just telling yeah, you from the reaction. Actually, well, that doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, not surprisingly. Give not country so. away, yeah. yeah. So but but away. you'd fit, you'd fit else, right into it. Somebody that hasn't earned it. Well, whatever. I don't want to get political. I'm in too much of a yeah. joyous. It was a beautiful gathering of humanity, big dog. Crowded, but everybody in a good mood. It's it's like a huge party and celebration of, you know, of all races, creeds, colors, everybody having a good time. And... um I couldn't drink because I was with my son. I could have used a couple of beverages. But, uh, again, this year, man, would have been just a quality, quality addition. I can't believe we didn't think of it. I, I should have done it because I knew that I wasn't doing an afternoon tour on a, on this Sunday. So it wouldn't have cost me anywhere near the amount of money that I was doing that it normally would. Mm-hmm. Like next year or last year, would, this year, it would have cost me like 200 bucks because I only did a Sunday night tour. I didn't do any yep. afternoons or anything. Yep. So. You would have enjoyed, by the way, particularly enjoyed the Windy City Cowboys, a male Western group that did like a whole little dance review. Uh-huh. You would have enjoyed that. I'm it? not so sure, Coach. Did were they were in the backless chaps? Uh, <laughs> they were not, thank goodness. Okay, then maybe I could deal with it. Cause yeah. i gotta be quite, I got to be quite honest, Coach, with this. So take this as you will, people out there. I have no problem with anybody's sexual orientation. I honestly could care less. That's what the parade. When people, when people like are so proud about it, and they throw it in my face, and I'm like, I don't care, and they get insulted. They should take it as I really don't care. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I got to be honest with you. I don't like to see like guys kissing and feeling on each other and well, that type of stuff. That... I have to admit, I, I, I'm not homophobic. Yeah, but I mean, I really don't want to see it, and I honestly could care less. And if, if a guy wants to marry each other. Two women want to marry each other. They should be allowed to. And I'm not saying they should keep it in public, but I am going to be, I'm still at the point in my life, I do feel a little uncomfortable when I see, I'm not not talking about like kissing, but like when guys are feeling up on each other, Mm -hmm. I honestly am like, oh, wow, that's all right. I'm not ready for it. I guess I'm, 
still not as 2012 as I thought I was. But and I think all of us are the liberal. that have better bodies than me would make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I think uh, you speak for many of us out there, Big Doug, even those of us who feel like we're progressive and very liberal. It's a natural thing. It can still sure. be a little. We're just not used to seeing it. But, you know, all that political, you're not telling me you, you, that you're against or have a problem with the Pride Parade, are you? Dude, I what is wrong with you? Why don't you listen to me when I we're doing well, this show you, together? You That's w- the point. You say something, I listen and react. I say something, you should listen and react. Well, did, is, I, was, I have no problem with any of this, okay. but I'm still admitting to this point. I have to admit when I see guys feeling on each other, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I'm, uh, I'm, you know what I'm? That's all, all I'm right, saying. Uh, call me a bad listener, but I thought, and I was pretty sure you weren't going this route. But again, I wanted to confirm just to make sure. I had thought you had mentioned that you, you know, you have a problem. You have no problem with people's sexual orientation, but you do have a problem when they shove it in your face or they're out there, you know, exaggerating no, no, it or really, celebrating. No, no, I don't have you? a problem with that. Like I said, I don't have a problem with it. I, I'll tell you what I have a problem with. But you I did, have a problem uh, when there is a when a, someone is flaming homosexual and they immediately like, throw it in my face and the, like, their defense mechanism is, you must not like me because you're straight and have a girlfriend, so I'm going to be so flamboyant and dislike you. Just yeah. And it happens all the time, okay? It happens all the time to me. I'm serious. Right. The concierge, we had a concierge party here two Tuesdays ago. Sounds like a wild time. I, and half the, half the guys that were that are concierge are, are homosexual, everybody. The guy that, is, that you ask at a hotel, there's a 50-50 chance, no matter how straight they look, like, that they have they can tell you exactly where to get a male massage in the city. It's like okay? spinning a roulette wheel and uh, betting on red or black. And I've noticed that <laughs> when I worked at Nordstrom, yes. even at Nike Town a little bit, but at Nordstrom, and then now working here, especially with those concierge, you know, like, hey, how you doing? Welcome water. It's coming on the boat. Oh, like, I want to go out there. I'm like, are you serious? Why? And I'll be like, why are you yelling at me? You have a problem with me? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, the guy, the, was, <laughs> the other guys that work there are like, dude, why did that homo guy just start screaming at you? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. And it happens to me all the time, Coach. Once every six months, I'll have, like, a flamboyantly gay person like be so defensive and like attack me that yeah. they think I don't like them for some reason because yeah. quite honestly I I don't think I'm going to be confused with being gay very often but it's funny as my girlfriend's now her best friend well I she met me and she's like that guy that's your friend is such a nice guy I know a gay guy that would love him and Lily was like uh, we're kind of dating and Kathy's <laughs> like no way Joel's straight so, you know what I mean? And I didn't take offense to it. So Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. My, I, I'm honest. Uh, for some reason, really flamboyant gay people, for some reason, like, are real defensive around me, and I have no idea why. Because, mm-hmm. quite honestly, and, and please, if you're homosexual, please take this as a compliment. I could care less. I could care <laughs> less what you do. I don't care if you dress as an elephant and then go and have people beat you when you're alone. I don't, you know I don't what? care. All right. Okay. I hear you. You're putting you're putting an edge into negativity. I don't want to get into that. You know, no, no, it, it was it was a celebration. About it, Coach. None, none. Well, you kind of started. You're well, saying, not really. Well, you don't believe. Like, like, I didn't say any of that. Well, yeah, actually, you did. If we could go back to the tape and you maybe no, I, I misunderstood, but you did say something to that effect. I don't want to no, get into that though. It was a great celebration. It was a lot of fun. I was in an upbeat mood afterward. By the way, we did get an email in from Earl from the land down under. Earl from down under wants to know, uh, how do you get invited to a concierge party? Uh, well, you have to have a business that tourists go to, 
and you invite, you tell people what to do that's fun in the city. So uh, okay. that's how you get invited. And I, I got to tell you something. It was pretty funny because we, I, like, I run the operations side of Water Riders Kayaks. And by the way, we're having the greatest year ever in the history of our company for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've been here for two years. So we, there's now an electric boat company named Vantage, which shares the dock with us. Okay. But they don't have a, a room. And they have a girl by the name of Lisa who runs the place. And let me just say Lisa is gorgeous. How about I put it that way? Is that simple enough for you, Coach? Mm-hmm. And let's just say she probably had an ex-boyfriend who didn't think she was large enough up top and purchased something for her. Okay, let's just put that as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, she goes out to this concierge party wearing a bikini and high heels Hello. and starts introducing herself to everybody. Hello. And I'm like, and then all of it, about 10 minutes in, I'm like, hey, Lisa, do you think you're a little overdressed considering half the people are women and the other <laughs> half are gay men? I'm not kidding. She like rolled her eyes, comes back in like like the, the most like the simplest, most beautiful dress yeah. you would ever see. Yeah, it was worth it was worth <laughs> a like, shot. She's like you're second, right? Yeah. I was trying to grab some attention. <laughs> a lot of lessons for you young kids out there that are out of school listening to the show. We are an educational show. Take notes uh, for those of you young kids at home. Don't overdress. If you're invited to a concierge party, I think that's the uh, message we're trying to get across. By the way, you mentioned her name's Lisa. I heard a song on the radio. That I haven't heard for so long. My name, my name's Lisa. It's not Joanne. Do you know what song I'm talking about? It's like a really no, stupid song. I know the song. You don't have no. to call me darling, darling. <laughs> you never even call me by my name. I know that song. It's David Allen Code. You know that? Well, I've, Kenny, I, I do not. You, uh, by the way, it's the greatest country-western song of all time. If you I don't sh- know the song Darlin' sh- by David Allen Coe, you really are all missing right. out. Hold on, because I'm a, you know I'm a huge country music. We're all over the boat in this uh, particular show here, folks. i got to mark this down for my YouTube listen. It's called Darlin'? I'm pretty sure it's David Allen Coe. David Allen. I never if heard of David Allen Coe. David Allen Coe, that will be the first song that pops up. And I'm telling you, everybody out there, Everyone needs to listen to the song. One, if you love country music, you already know the song. That's it's done. That's, you already know that. If you make fun of country music, you have to listen to it because this song is the country song that makes fun of country music, and it is freaking hysterical, Coach. Yeah. The lyrics go like this. I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison, <laughs> and I went to pick her up in the rain, but before... I could get to the station in my pickup truck. I got run over by a damned old train. Coach, you got to hear the song, okay? <laughs> okay, and the whole thing is they're making fun of country western songs. Anybody who's a country west. By the way, if you go to a country bar, that is the song they play as they kick you out of the bar. Out of every country western bar I've ever been to, that's, when that song starts being played, people just, I got to go. You know, like in the white bars, they play close in time. Mm-hmm. Close in time. I don't know what they play in African-American bars, but in white country bars, it's Darwin by David Allen Coe. <laughs> David Olson, you've got that up on the screen? or it's uh, You Never Even Call Me By My Name is the okay, name of the song. Okay, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, David Olson. And you can, I know all the lyrics. I just didn't know the name of the song. So. All right. Very good. All right. Well, and, Coach, I'm, I'm pretty yes, convinced sir. once you hear it, you've heard it before. Okay. That's another yeah, country song. I, I like that song. Once you've heard it, you've heard it before. That was a country song that I enjoyed, too. All right. <laughs> 888-463-6748. Dog and a coach, your phone line's open. If you were 
In the Pride Parade, or got thoughts on the big dog? Somewhat controversial comments. Yeah, yeah, real controversial. I said anybody can <laughs> see whatever the hell they want with their life. Extremely yeah, controversial, really controversial comments. If he touched a nerve with you, dial it up at eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. If you're concierge out there, and you're one of the uh, possible concierges that aren't gay, and you want to, you know, make a statement, give us a call triple eight four six three six seven four eight. If you aren't a concierge, but you always wanted to play one, what the heck? Do it over the radio here, right, with your good friends, the Big Dog and the coach and the two guys at a mic show. Big Dog, we um, quickly, quickly have to go over because we were both off the air on Friday. Uh, And I think the Miami Heat celebration, the parade is today. I'm not quite sure why they would wait that long. But uh, I've got a few closing comments on the game and thoughts. Any, First of all, did you watch as the Miami Heat did clinch over Oklahoma City? No, I was uh, working. Okay. Oh. And, and I, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I, I always want to watch clinching games of all the sports. I had zero interest whatsoever in this whole entire series, whatsoever. You got the, yeah. the, the, the heat. I could care less about any of the personalities on the team, period. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Thunder, they have too many players. I, I don't know. I think they could be the future of the NBA if they can actually get their act together and quit having a point guard and chucks. I didn't mm-hmm. want to watch it, Coach. All right. If it went to Game 7, I would have watched it. I guarantee you I would have. Well, as you know, I'm I'm kind of with you. I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I did watch maybe the second half of the game-clinching game, and I watched the post-game celebration. And uh, so, some of my notes that I wrote down, I know people were talking. First of all, overall, overall, just unbelievably way too much. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. LeBron finally won it. He got the chip off his shoulder. LeBron, how does LeBron react? Where does LeBron? You know, there's other guys. On the Tito, Mike Miller also won an NBA championship. Mario Chalmers also won an NBA championship. Juvon Howard, mid forties, late forty. He might be early fifties. Who knows? He might have, you know, come over. Uh, he might be like some of the Hispanic player. We don't know his that. But other guys won the championship too. But did nobody talking about them? I appreciate LeBron. It's an interesting story. But I got insulted. I can't believe you said something so controversial. They're Latinos. Quit being so. Hard on people, coach. Don't say stuff so controversial. I can't believe you would say that. Yeah. Is there any Latino concierge? Then we can insult both of them at the same time. Yeah, they were. One of them is a flamboyant homosexual (laughs) who was extremely rude to me last Tuesday, and I have his name, and I'll be more than happy to give it out over air. Okay. Are you serious? Yeah, I got all their cards from all of them, and Uh I'm not kidding you. I said goodbye to half of them. A Latino concierge was rude to you? What's that? A Latino concierge. Was, was being extremely rude to you? Yeah, that, that was one of the that's, two of the really flamboyant guys that were, like, upset at me for some reason. I have no idea. Maybe because I wore a tight shirt and they knew they couldn't have me. That's just but, not hey, right. Coach, uh, the, the, when it gets to the heat, you know, and, and, and LeBron James, let me let me ask you something. i gotta be I got to be 100% honest with you. I have not watched television whatsoever for about a month. I watched maybe, I bet you, a total of, like, right. five hours of television in the last, like, six weeks, Okay. I was going to ask you, why are you saying there's too much LeBron? What, like, what sports channels have you been watching? <laughs> and you know, I think you know the point I'm going to bring up. Yeah, and I do, and you're right. It is and it's ESPN, ESPN it's, isn't it? It is, but it's more than and ESPN. And what has ESPN done for 30% of ESPN's basketball coverage over this season is will LeBron James win an NBA title? Okay, do you see what I'm getting? That's all they mm-hmm. talk about every day. Uh, Stephen A. Smith and, and uh, Skip Bayless, you put on any show that they've had over the last year, 
they either talking about LeBron James is too weak in the last two minutes, and Tim Tebow has no talent, and but somehow figures out a way. That's all they talk about is LeBron James and Tim Tebow. So I would not be surprised whatsoever yeah. that. Now they're going overboard about LBJ winning a title. Coach. Yeah, that, it's, that's it's not, okay. You're right. ESPN infiltrates it. There's the main perpetrators, but it's it's sports talk shows. It's the everyday yahoos like us, David. You, I did. He just brought up ESPN and Skip Bayless. I put something up on our uh, Facebook page on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Cuban made Skip Bayless look like an absolute moron. It went on. Oh, for I like, gotta hear. I gotta see it. Then I gotta. Went see on it. for like five minutes and. Like Cuban just went down every single cliche that Skip Bayless leans on in every analysis he ever makes, and made him look like an absolute is that, moron. Is that YouTubeable? Oh, it's yeah, it's from YouTube. I've got it. I've got it on There's the two you, guys in a mic Facebook. Page. Oh, you do. Oh, beautiful. Oh, I got. Yes. I got. I got it. I it, 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 it was. It was spectacular. I will check that out. But but and cool. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But Big Dog, even beyond the whole ESPN thing, and you're absolutely right on that. It, you know, the bit players don't get mentioned nearly enough. You know, they you're won championships. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're totally, totally right. And, and quite honestly, let's go back. The last time it was so much focused on one player winning a championship. Would you, would you agree that in 1991, when Jordan won his first one, that was the last time there was such a focus on one player winning it? You I've, can say, well, oh, there's been a bunch of other individual great players like Dirk Nowitzki won one and, you know, Kobe. Or if you're talking about, but he was with Shaq. You, you know what I mean? It was like, wow, Michael Jordan finally won his first title in the mm-hmm. seventh year. And they went crazy about it. And as a, as a time, as a diehard Chicago Bulls fan and diehard Michael Jordan fan, I probably didn't see the forest through the trees, what was going on. Mm-hmm. But you look back at it now, the difference in talent around Jordan from that, on all six championship teams before what he was working with, that was the difference. Because Michael Jordan in 1991 wasn't much better than the Jordan in 1988. He was better, uh, but he wasn't that much better. But the team around Jordan in 88 compared to 91 is basically Scottie Pippen and John Paxson and everybody else is new. You know what I'm saying? And you're exactly right, Coach. Sometimes, you know, the reason why Jordan won in 91 wasn't because he finally got over the hump. It was because Paxson hit jump shots, because Scottie Pippen rose his level to – being a good basketball player, to being the best small forward in the NBA because people like Horace Grant played the best press defense any power forward has ever played in the history of basketball. Okay, If you don't believe me on that, call me after the show or email me at thisyearman at yahoo.com and I'll explain what I mean by Horace Grant playing the best press defense ever Mm -hmm. as a power forward. That was a difference, Coach. It wasn't that Jordan was any better. He finally had help around him. And now it's like, Jordan finally did it. Though so it should be Jordan finally has the team around him. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but with LBJ, it kind of is. He finally did it. You know what? Because it's, it's, it's always kind of been around about him. And you have to admit, is this Miami Heat team this year any better than the Heat team last year? You know, you yes. Saying, I would say is they are. Better, yeah, I would say they are. If nothing okay, else. But- Get, is it really, or is it the fact that Derrick Rose was hurt and all these other – every team they played was decimated with injuries, uh, except for the fact when they beat Boston, they were actually less healthy than Boston was. Mm-hmm. But the other four series, the other team was worse off than they were. Mm-hmm. And they never had to play Derrick Rose. 
Lou Aldang, Joe Kim Noah, because yeah, everybody was I, hurt on the Bulls. I'm not sure that the, the Bulls would have, maybe if the Bulls played at their peak, but the Miami Heat team was playing at a pretty high level at the end, and I would argue, uh, you know, guys off the bench came through. The and, coach. and the biggest difference, big dog. games with the Celtics, and they had home court advantage. The Bulls are better than the Celtics, and the Bulls would have had home court advantage. I, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. My, I'm not going to the Bulls to win. I'm, no, I'm not a crying Chicago fan. What I'm just trying to say is this year's Heat team isn't any better than the previous year's Heat team. Is, is what I'm saying. All right, and I would disagree with that a little bit. The three guys have played together for a little bit. Chris Bosh, much more in, uh, entrenched into the offense. And, and, the, and by the way, uh, he was at the Pride Parade. It was awesome to see Bosh there. <laughs> and the biggest difference is they've got a legitimate point guard. Now, the development... The maturation, the maturity of Mario Chalmers, that's the single biggest difference. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but Mario Chalmers is legit. Last year he was still not sure if he belonged on the court with those guys. Now he is. I, will, I think both of your points are 100% yeah. right. Those right. are right. Let me they get to a – together and Chalmers is better. But yeah. everybody else is older and slower on the team. Yeah. Mike, so... Mike Miller, by the way, <laughs> he had a great game in his last game. He hit like five or six – he can barely, I mean, he looks like he should be playing in the Morton Grove 45 and over men's recreational basketball league. It's unbelievable. The guy, I think he's going to retire. And it's nice By to the way, so if, if you want to have some fun, you got to watch me play basketball at East Bank Club. Get your family membership, come down and mm-hmm. watch me play. All right. And you, you'll see me warm up and you're going to say, Joel, you are the worst basketball player I have ever seen. And then when the game is done, you'll be like, how did you lead everybody in scoring? Oh, because you didn't take a shot further than one feet from the basket. And it's totally <laughs> true, Coach. I'm not kidding you. I don't. I, I just get under there. I get every rebound and every single put back, and everybody in the whole East Bank Club hates me now. So <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's, I'm like the pain in the ass that everybody hates on the basketball court. I get out there, and everybody's like, oh, they pick me just so I don't have to defend them. I'm not kidding <laughs> Probably a lot of high school, college, and pro players that could take some lessons from that. Get inside, do the dirty work, and you want to, you know, I always tell kids, hey, you want to score more points? Get more rebounds. I Grab the coach. Yeah. You're exactly right. I swear to you, you, you have no idea how much you taught me about the game of basketball. Too bad you don't listen to me when I talk baseball and football, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I really listen to what you say. And right. now when I play basketball, I say, you know what, what are my strengths? The fact that I can run faster and jump higher than everybody out on the court, so. Considering I have zero basketball skills, mm-hmm. I might as well just do what is, I'm, I'm good at. Seriously, I'm like the Stacy Augman of the East Bank Club. Of course, <laughs> I'm playing against 45 year old, five foot eight Jewish dude. So, <laughs> so let's take that into consideration. All right, very quickly, so we can get off the Miami Heat here. Lots to talk about. My comment number two: there was not controversy. People were talking about the interview with LeBron afterwards. I guess he used the word "damn." You know, it, you know, damn. Oh, it feels really good. Feel that, that's too bad. Yeah, LeBron yeah, should have known better. But considering what Kevin Garnett did in 2008, do you remember Kevin Garnett's speech after, with Lisa Salters after he won the OA championship coach? Do you remember that? No. You know why I don't remember it? Because they'll never be able to show it again on television because he used the F-bomb like 19 times, and they finally <laughs> cut the guy off after one of the greatest players of our generation finally won a championship, uh-huh. and he continued to yell, MF or MF or FFFF. <laughs> and I guess what? No one will ever know. So, right. you know what, LeBron James, you said, damn, probably on accident because we know you're pretty media savvy, even though you do stupid stuff like the announcement. But typically, you have to admit, mm-hmm. the guy's pretty smart with his media comments. 
that was just a slip-up, and I can forgive a guy saying one damn. To drop like eight or ten F-bombs like Kevin Garnett did, totally different, completely well, different. People were talking about, you know, and again, not hugely, but talking about some of the things he said afterward. Nobody talked about I found a very telling comment he said to the female reporter almost in passing. But the one that hit home with me was, he, and I can't remember the exact words, but something about two years ago, it wasn't me he was talking about. It wasn't LeBron doing the old third-party thing. I had hate in my in my head. I had revenge. I was trying to prove something. I was playing with anger out there. This year, I had to go back to what made me successful. I was playing with joy, with passion, finding fun in the game. That was the big difference. I thought that was very telling with LeBron James. And, of course, and, and, and he was being 100% honest, Coach. Yeah. I really felt that this year um, he was – Doing a better job of having fun on the court. Absolutely. I, I really, I really felt that. And the year before, he was not having fun. Forget about proving this or proving that. Can you do that? Put all that media garbage aside and get out there and play hard, battle for the championship. But geez, you got to have fun when you're playing the game. Enjoy your teammates too. And he does, uh, you know, more, more than willing, sometimes criticized for sharing the ball too much. So I yeah, thought yeah, that yeah, was that, cool. that, that's ridiculous. When, when, when he makes the right play constantly and the guy doesn't make the shot, no, like yep. you should have shot the ball. Yep. That's ridiculous because if he shoots it and missed it, they say, oh, he's a ball hog. No matter what, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say this, I'll be the first one to, to get on the LeBron James bashing bandwagon. But I admit it. I also admit that uh, there's a little bit of uh, the Chicago Bull fan in me and also the Michael Jordan fan from the past, so the current Bull and the Jordan past that kind of wants me to temper the enthusiasm about LeBron James. So I, I let, let's admit this when I start saying these comments, Okay. Uh, so I, I like I definitely was not rooting for him whatsoever, and I will not watch the NBA Finals that ever have anything to do with LeBron James. I hope the NBA knows that. But I'm going to say this: the guy is a little weak mentally. Of all the greatest players ever, if you think about his base of just skill set, size, and athleticism, okay, forget the mental part. He might be the greatest basketball player we have ever seen. He's bigger and more athletic than Michael Jordan. His skill set. There's a third, uh, Jordan, I think, maybe a tiny bit more skilled, but not much. The difference is LeBron James would never have, like, that killer instinct. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have a work ethic, just like mm-hmm. that killer instinct. And then now, I don't know if he'll ever even get it, but the fact that he has a title underneath him, he can re- re- now he can really play with that joy and the passion yeah. that he needs to play with. Michael Jordan needed to be able to slap you in the face and then spit on you when you were done. He had to play angry. LeBron James needs to play with freedom and space and mm-hmm. the ability to be the greatest player in the world without having to prove it. Just say, everybody knows it. Okay, let me be it now. That might sound a little strange, but that's the difference. And, and Coach, now that he has a championship as a Bulls fan, I'm extremely worried that this is the difference. Now he can take a deep breath and just be the type of basketball player that mm-hmm. he mentally needs to be. And as a Bulls fan, I'm, I'm afraid that, they might win more than one championship, and this is going to really hurt the Bulls' championship chances. I really do feel that. I'm, I'm worried as a Bulls fan. Yep. Well said, my friend. Well, I would agree with everything you said on that, on LeBron James and the difference with Michael Jordan. Well communicated, no question about it. 888-463-6748. I was with you, our phone lines here, if you want to join us. Uh, I know it's a little bit after the fact, but we were off Friday. Just some quick thoughts on the Miami Heat wrapping up the NBA championship. Big Dog and a coach, 888 I was with you, Big Dog, and most everybody else. I was not rooting for the Heat. Definitely rooting for the Thunder to win that game, uh-huh. so I could have seen him go back to Oklahoma City. But 
And I don't like the fact that, you know, the three superstars, you know, got together and, 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 you know, tried to get a championship. I was kind of against that whole thing, as most people are. But I will tell you, when he was taken out of the game, he being LeBron James, and I'm almost going against what I was saying before because I'm concentrating on him now. But with about two minutes left, one of the reserves made a basket. They had clinched the champion, and they showed LeBron for probably 20 seconds on the sidelines jumping up and down with his arms, both arms raised up in the air with his fist, and he had the biggest smile on his face, and he was jumping up and the arms pumping for a good 20, 25 seconds. I could not help, as a sports fan who loves the raw emotion of sports, the pure joy, Big Dog. Forget about Superstar. Forget about all the other issues, the fact they brought that to Just to watch a guy have the sheer joy and happiness of winning that he showed for that 20, 25 seconds. I enjoyed that moment, even though I wasn't rooting for the Heat. I don't know if you saw a replay of that or not. No, no but I can totally appreciate what you're saying, Coach, about uh, – guy's got a know, great smile, by the way, too. I, no, 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 the guy has it all. Yep. The guy has it all. And then, and now that he has the championship, and you know, he doesn't have the killer instinct, but now that he has the championship, he knows that people are going to love and respect him and – it's all good now. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he deserves to be happy because I do know this. He plays the game the right way. Yep. As much as everybody might, he might rub a lot of people the wrong way, okay, the whole announcement and all that other stuff. And if you live in Ohio, we all know that you hate LeBron James. Uh, but, honestly, the guy plays the game like Magic Johnson did. Mm-hmm. Not as joyous as Magic did. But he makes he really doesn't care if he scores or if he gets the assist or he gets the rebounds. He really does just want his yep. team to win. And, and there's something to be said about that yep. style of play. And it's, it's pretty cool that something the to best be said. The world uh, now actually plays that way. Some, so many times we pick the best player of the world as whoever the best scorer in the NBA is, and that's yeah. not right. This may be a little strong, but I think it's true. It's something to be said about the character of the person too. Where and we're and we're seeing now Michael Jordan in the post years his character coming out more and more and I think most of us would agree here in Chicago unfortunately we were encaptured by his phenomenal play in the championships maybe we didn't see the lack the slight lack of character slight I said but uh, you know a LeBron James and a Magic Johnson who take great joy out of making a pass and making their teammates better and, uh, as opposed to a Michael Jordan on the court who passed only if he had to. And I don't think Michael Jordan took great joy in making passes to his teammates turning into baskets. So I would say the style of play also is an indication a little bit, and it's a strong comment, but I'll say it, into the character of the individual. Well, that's uh, that, that's a bold statement right there, Coach. All right. Uh, and and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of credence to back that up, let's face it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, another, and by the way, these are a lot of lessons for young kids out there. As we, it was kind of the the theme of my notes. One, find the joy of the game. Don't play with anger. Don't play with issues. You know, play hard, compete. You want to win, but you gotta have fun. Enjoy your teammates, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, what was the first point we made? Um, oh, it was too much about LeBron and yeah. not enough about the other players. You know, lessons there. Don't forget it's, uh, you know, every team's going to have a star, but don't forget the complimentary players. You can't win without them. Oklahoma City, big dog, in my notes. Now, you didn't see the game, but it happened in the other game, but with an exclamation mark in this game. When they got behind, when things got tough, they did not stick together, particularly the superstars. They went into near panic mode, 
And, you know, when they got behind 10-12 in the second half, you know, Westbrook got the ball, tried to do it all on his own. Durant, all on his own. Harden, all. They did not play as a team when things got bad. That's the time when you, when most of all you need to play as a team. I thought it was a good lesson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is no question about that, Coach. When the chips are down, that's when you lean on your yes. teammate, not when you push them yep. away, Coach. Yep. That's it, and that, and that's and that's too bad. And and it and that's the one thing where I'm going to say where uh, I really do think if the Bulls were healthy, they can compete with anybody because yep. the Bulls understand that, yep. Coach. The Bulls have never gone to hey, I'm going to do it myself. Forget all my teammates. They they tend to all right. We we better play better team defense. We better mm-hmm. find the open guy. You know, and, and I know we do have Derrick Rose who will take over and, you know, maybe uh, hog the ball a little bit too much. But in the scheme of things, I don't mind a little bit of that on a team. I, you got to have an assassin, a guy that wants to score, as long as Derrick Rose never does it in a term of, I have to take over for a team to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yep. There's that fine line, Coach. Yep. I that's hear you. What, as near as Chicago as a Bulls fan, I, I think if things go right, they can still contend for championship mm-hmm. yeah well the, the number one thing that has to go right is the uh, acl injury to Derek mm-hmm. rose and i don't want well, here's what i don't want to hear when he does recover that he's gonna you know have to change his style now and oh. become more of a shooter you know and he won't be able to because you know he might be able to improve uh, changing his style but what made Derek rose great was his unbelievable explosiveness and strength on the inside, if he loses that big dog, he may adjust his game and he may be a good player. But I'll, I'll, I'll I would make the opinion that he would never be the uh, the great player that he was. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping the ACL recovery will allow him to be to be able to make those moves again. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this right after it happened, and you said something similar. But we were both like, you know, maybe it's going to go either way. If if he is still willing to go to the hole and still can, but because of this increases his, it becomes a more effective jump shooter, but he still goes to the hole, then this injury ends up being like a positive thing. Mm-hmm. But if it ends up turning him into a jump shooter, period, then it's like it was right. really too bad, and right. too bad they couldn't win in the first two or three years. Yep. Yep. All right, and the final comment before we move on, lots more to talk about, College World Series, Wimbledon, tennis, baseball, the U.S. track and field uh Qualifying big dog. I've become I've become our track and field expert here on the show. All kinds of stuff to talk about and Euro soccer. But uh, final comment, David Olson. I don't know if you saw this. A very dangerous moment in the post game celebration. Big dog. Very dangerous. They I forget who it was. Players, manager. They came up behind Eric Spolster with the Gatorade jug. I know you uh-huh. don't see this happen in basketball that often, but huge, huge jug of the red Gatorade right over the top of Eric's bolster. Now, I don't know all the ingredients in the red version of Gatorade, and I don't know all the ingredients that Eric's bolster puts in his hair. But there was a chemical reaction. None of the announcers noted, but there was a gaseous substance from that combination, and I don't know if there's reports, but I got a feeling many of the spectators in the crowd that had not emptied out of the place were probably sick the next day. Very dangerous. I gotta tell you that red number forty, the dyes they put in your food, yes. are the worst things for you. Worst thing ever. I don't know why people have to have a drink a certain color in order to yeah. make it taste good when it doesn't add anything to the taste. I hear you. But that, that red dye number forty, you yep. mix that with a spolster haircut, especially on a day that he thinks he's gonna <laughs> clean. 
or, or win the world championship. You know, that he didn't tear up that day. Dangerous you know, combo. And, 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 his, and his mom was still recovering over the Manny Pacquiao loss, and I'm <laughs> sure she made him go get his hair cut and done right. So. <laughs> All right. At any rate, the NBA season is over, and uh, this Thursday, Big Dog, we will be concentrating on the NBA draft. Very excited about that. I'll be able to tell you all about Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and um, uh, Andre Drummond and the rest of the prospects. We'll do that on uh, Wednesday's show. Who do you think those Charlotte Hornets are going to, Bobcats are going to get with that's, the second pick? That's the most interesting oh, my choice. Goodness. Isn't yep. that crazy, though? That they, Jordan's just got to be sick to his I, I, He's like, I actually have to go scout somebody now. <laughs> They, don't, uh, they just named the coach, so he's probably not going to be part of it. If I had, uh, well, I think they'll go for Michael Kidd Gilchrist from Kentucky. They need size, coach. Is, is Michael Kidd Gilchrist is he a big guard? Mm, he's a small forward. He could be a they, two guard, maybe. They can't. They can't get any. They got Kimball Walker playing off guard. He's five foot eleven. They got uh, the kid from Texas, Augustine, playing point guard. He's like. Five foot six. Mm-hmm. They got a small forward who's six one. It's the shortest team in well, the NBA. Either the the two two likely choices for them, Harrison Barnes or Michael Kidd Gilchrist, would both. They're not centers. They're not going to give them seven foot size, but they'd give them nice size at the two guard spot. Well, they need size at every position. Okay. You know what I mean? It's okay to be small at one or two positions, but when all five of your players are midgets mm-hmm. and you're in the NBA. You end up having the worst winning percentage in the history of the league. So. Okay. According to Michael Jordan's scouting report, University of Illinois center Myers Leonard might be able to play the small forward position of the NBA. Okay, and Coach, I really get upset when you call me. Like, oh, when I say something good about Illinois or the Cubs or the Bulls, you're like, oh, you're biased. Coach, Myers Leonard going pro is one of the biggest freaking jokes I've <laughs> ever seen. The kid is not that good. Okay, and mentally, I was – Given LeBron James mentally weak, I was speaking of like the top one percent players who's ever played the game mentally weak. Myers Leonard is not NBA ready mentally wise. The first time somebody like says something negative about him, he's going to run in the locker room and cry. I mean, and they got him. I have seen him in the top ten projected. Yep. How well, is that possible? Let me explain how it's possible. And number one, I agree completely with you, and he's not the only one absolutely not ready for the NBA, and he should be uh-huh. playing another two years, not one year, two more years of college ball. But to be fair, you could say that about many other prospects, too. Yeah, yeah you, you could, but I, like, I see him every day, yes. you know what I mean? And I know that right. he is. But here's, like a, this guy's top ten in the NBA. Well, How bad is this draft? Here's the draw. He's 7-1, big shoulders. He's got a nice frame. He can jump. The kid is athletic. If you watch him. He's got a lot of faults, and you you brought out some of them, but he does rebound the basketball, not weakly, but he grabs it strong. He gets the elbows out. He's a decent passer, and, and you know, 7-1, athletic. I mean, he gets up in the air, and, and not just athletic, but spindly weak, athletic, but strong. He can grab his skill level not there. You mentioned his mental faculties uh, deficient, but it's hard to pass up 7-1 who can jump and who can rebound and block shots. I remember the Bulls drafted a kid in 1987 named Brad Sellers. Seven-foot, athletic, led in the Big Ten in rebounding, and that's who Myers Leonard's going to end up being as a pro. But he won't even be as good as Brad Sellers. Sellers was more skilled, but he could not. Oh, yeah. But he was yeah, in his but, strong. Myers Leonard's a strong dude. Yeah, but I don't know. That's just how I kind of see him. I just yeah. I can't imagine him. 
being able to deal with the coach saying, you're not good at this. Because mm-hmm. whenever, uh, whenever Bruce Weber would try to improve the kid and tell me how to work on something, the kid would sulk and cry like a little baby. Truthfully, this is what happened. And then Bruce Weber gets fired, and they replace him with, uh, uh, with the guy that sings. I don't even know what the hell the guy's name is, okay, John Gross. And, uh, Coach, and, like, I think Meyer Leonard's is, like, the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, honestly, like, if Meyer Leonard was never played for the, for the fight in the lineup, Bruce Weber would still be the coach. Mm-hmm. All right. NBA draft. We'll, he got a coach fired in college. He's been, uh, whatever. We'll talk about that in the uh, NBA draft on Wednesday. I think that's coming up on Thursday this week. More importantly, right now, big deal, the College World Series. We may not even get in the Cubs and Sox discussion today. If we don't, we'll pick it up tomorrow. But the College World Series, Arizona wins game one. We're down to the final two teams. It's an event typically that you and me follow pretty closely. I know you haven't, and I certainly haven't. I've been lost in Euro soccer and track and field. But uh, nevertheless, the Arizona Wildcat, one game away from winning it all against South Carolina, who I think are there, am I right, for the third consecutive time? Uh, South Carolina is the two-time defending national Man, champion. That's, they I mean, are awesome. People and, don't realize, uh, but ex- explain to the fans, but, uh, people don't realize how amazing that is to be in the championship, to survive all those different rounds three consecutive years. I mean, that's an unbelievable accomplishment. There's there's uh, there's 345 major college uh, uh, basketball teams. Well, there's 345 major college baseball teams. People, think about that. So to get to the championship game three times in a row in basketball, you would find almost amazing. Well, imagine doing the same thing in another sport yep. like football with just as many. It, it truly is amazing to get that far, Coach. Mm-hmm. And South Carolina every year has been decimated by the by the draft. And, and also think about, like, North Carolina is one of the big, their biggest rivals. So, you know, it's like if you're in the Carolina area, you can go to North Carolina, get a scholarship, you can go to South Carolina, you can go to Clemson. There's so many baseball programs out in that area of the world or country. So if you get a, a team that is good enough to go to three consecutive championships, that, that's truly amazing. And it's cool to see Arizona in because Arizona State has been the dominant baseball program in Arizona for 50 years. You know what I mean? Arizona's always been the little sister. So for them to have a chance to win a national title is rare. That doesn't happen very often for them. It's one of the good things, David. Uh, Joel mentioned uh, South Carolina being decimated by the MLB draft. When you're a Northwestern fan, you have to look for positives where you can. One of the good things about following Northwestern baseball, you don't have to worry about being decimated by the MLB draft. No, you got to worry, though, about those <laughs> Oxford scholarships. I hate stuff, those. Damn Rhodes scholars. Yeah. yeah, you would. Yeah, you would, you would have had a great, you know, center his senior year, but he knew he wasn't going to make it in the NBA, yep. and he'd rather get the Rhodes scholars because that's yep. basically going to guarantee him half the way. Way too much of an emphasis on academics. They need to get in the weight room more often in Northwestern. That's a whole other story. <laughs> All right, Euro soccer, big dog. Euro soccer, thirty-two teams have begun it. We're down to the final four. Great game yesterday. The first one. Of the many matches that went to shootout, but Italy knocks off England. Wayne Rooney is down. Down goes Rooney. And uh, we're down to the final four. Portugal and Christian Ronaldo. Someone needs to deck Christian Ronaldo, by the way. What a pretty... Why don't you explain the, the English-Italy game? There wasn't a goal scored in it. it was, yeah, I will explain this. It was a 0-0 game, but it was a great watch. I've seen a few of the games that were boring. Zero zero, but it was a really entertaining game, Big Dog. A lot 
of shots on goal, particularly Italy versus uh, England? Yeah, well, I was I was at the East Bank Club bar yesterday. I wasn't drinking. I was chilling with Lily the Lilac, and just and they had the, they had the game on next to us, and there were a bunch of Italian dudes and mm-hmm. English people yelling back and forth. That was the most entertaining part of the game for me was the Nationals, yes. not the actual play of the soccer yeah. club. I've, I've a couple times I've almost wanted to. Well, you had mentioned on Thursday's show when the Ukraine team was playing to go down Milwaukee Avenue south of the Super Dogs. See, I'm listening, Big Doug, and go to one of those bars. I would like to go to a bar where the soccer fans from that particular country are there just to uh, savor in the atmosphere. What's the game today, Portugal and? Not today. We get a two-day break. Wednesday, Portugal versus Spain. So if you could do some homework and tell us a good bar to watch. And then Thursday, Italy versus Germany. So I know be a- plenty. I know plenty of good German bars in the city. I know a couple decent Italian places. There was a Spanish place called La Taberna on Halstead and Morgan. I'm going there to watch that game. I don't know any Portuguese places, though, Coach. I don't. I honestly don't know any Portuguese mm-hmm. places. All right. Well, we got two days to do research. I'm sure one of our uh, fine fans will email us at mike two guys at aol dot com or go to our Facebook page, Two Guys Mike, and tell us where a good place to watch a Portuguese with a Portuguese contingent to watch the Portugal team. By the way, Cristiano Ronaldo, not a fan anymore. Not well, a what fan. What do you do? Well, he's just too much of a pretty. Com- complains when his teammates don't pass him the ball, and then when he does score a goal, he runs away from the guy that made the phenomenal pass to him, you know, over to the fans, showboating a little bit, and then throws kisses into the cameras. First, first, Mr. Pretty Boy, go over and, and congratulate the guy who did all the dirty work to get the ball down the field and center the ball so that you could just punch it in with your left foot. And then after you congratulate him and your teammates, remember them, Christian? Your teammates then go over and kiss the freaking camera. I, I never spent more than 10 seconds after a touchdown celebrating my, by myself. I always did the same thing after I scored. Coach, I would run past the end zone. I would put my hands up, like on my side, like not down, but my palms up, and the ball in one hand, and I would do like a chicken dance, and I walk, <laughs> and then I would stop, turn, and immediately sprint to the, to the extra point line where the line is, and I would put the ball down like I was spot like the referee, and I would yell, huddle up. <laughs> and so, like you know it. what I mean? Literally, it was like, so with my teammates, they're still celebrating. They was, they'd always laugh because I was always like, no, it's the next play. We're kicking extra point. No time to celebrate. And yeah. everybody would laugh because I knew I, I like was it. really celebrating more. I like it. Dave, notice how Joel is, is speaking as if this uh, happened on a regular occurrence. I, I scored a lot of touchdowns, Coach. You did? I thought my, you only I, caught I, like four career passes. At, at McMurray College, okay, just you, everybody can still look this up. I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm still the all-time leading average yards per reception leader at McMurray College. Yeah. I, I, I average over 25 yards a catch. I had 29 catches and 700 and something yards in receiving, in three years in receiving. Wow. It's not bad. So I scored touchdowns, Coach. It's not bad. And you played for a running offense that rarely threw the ball. We, yeah, we threw the ball legitimately five times a game. That's a shame. That's a shame. Have you watched any of the U.S. Uh, track qualifying? I really wish I could have, Coach, because uh, the relays, the sprints, uh, the decathlons, those mean a lot to me, Coach. It's good stuff. Speaking of the decathlon, world record set. If you can YouTube it, Big Dog, the guy's name, I believe, is Ashton Upton? I've heard of the kid. Huh? Yes. I've heard of him. 
yeah, hurdle. from Oregon. And he's not related to Justin or B.J. Upton, which is surprising because those are the most athletic people I think I've ever seen in baseball. Set the world record in the decathlon. See if you can YouTube the final run. And by the way, there's a runner from Duke who will become one of your favorite athletes all time, Big Dog. The runner, they all the decathletes knew that Ashton Upton, very popular guy, Ashton Eaton. Ashton Eaton. Ashton Eaton. Eaton. Okay, I knew very, I had heard the name. I knew I had heard of the guy though before. Okay. Very, very popular guy. You could tell all of his uh, fellow decathletes uh, uh, liked the guy, and they all knew that he had to run under four eighteen. I don't know how the points go, and we don't got time to get into it. But bottom line is, it didn't matter if he finished first, second. If he ran under four eighteen, he was going to be the world record holder, best ever in the decathlon, which is the best athlete. This is huge. Yes, so is. he's running the mile run. He's in third place. The crowd's all cheering him on. He's from Oregon. It's being held in Oregon. The guy from Duke is way ahead. He comes down the stretch, and he after three laps, he was on pace to be close. He was not guaranteed. But all of a sudden, guy starts kicking it in high gear, comes around the final turn, heading for the backstretch. The Duke runner, about 10 to 15 yards from the finish line, slows down. Upton, or Eaton, Passes the second-place runner, and the Duke guy lets him cross the finish line first. And both guys are smiling and congratulating him. Obviously, it didn't mean anything to the Duke guy. I don't think he had a chance to qualify. If he would have, he would have crossed it. But what a cool moment, and the celebration afterwards, and his reaction is unbelievable. That, that is pretty cool, Coach. Yep, yep. You know what the, what his total was? Because they do the same. I don't know who figured it out back in 1896 when they did the first Olympics. Yeah. But they figured out a way to... Break down each ten of the events to have them equal. Yep. You know what I mean? So they're not worth any more than the others. And it, and to this day, the people who break down the decathlon, they're they're still mystified how whoever came up with the way to break down the points did mm-hmm. it so perfectly. You know, 116 years ago. Yeah, I have no idea how it's done, but it was a uh, very cool moment. I know you're a big hundred uh, meter sprint. Guy and yesterday was the finals, and uh, two of the favorites, Justin Gatlin. Tyson uh-huh. Gay, both advanced. They'll be on the Olympic team. Uh, Justin Gatlin, wasn't he drafted by Dave Wanstead, coach? It's possible. Yeah, I think so. It's possible. All right, Big Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out. No, 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 I can't be in tomorrow. I'm really sorry, everybody. Oh, hey, ho, have a great day, everybody. It'll be the coach, and who knows, tomorrow on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.